Welcome back to Statement Peace. Today we have an episode. <gasps> First, let's go through some current events. Our fashion current event is that Man Repeller is to shut down. And it's interesting because recently they rebranded as Repeller. They're winding down operations with plan to shut down, according to two people with direct knowledge of the situation. Yes. Additionally, another current event that we have is that four days ago, which is October 21st, Pope Francis called for the legalization of same-sex civil unions for the first time as a pope, a shift from the Catholic Church's longstanding doctrine on LGBTQ rights, which is very interesting. Wow, that's major. Another fun current event that we have specific to pop culture is that Liza Koshy released her own beauty brand on October 17th or thereabouts called One of One by Semwa Beauty and Liza Koshy. And it has a lot of really pigmented items because she makes a lot of TikToks and YouTube videos and things like that where she uses a lot of where she uses a lot of heavy pigments on her face for makeup looks. So it's a really cool bold line. Our last current event is about what is going on in Nigeria. Recently there has been a lot of protests criticizing the police unit named the Special Anti-Robbery Squad called SARS. The government has actually disbanded the police unit and officials are lifting a curfew in Lagos, Africa's biggest city after dozens were killed in protests against the police. Unfortunately, there still is current unrest over inequality and corruption. And if you are based in the U.S., please remember to vote. All right, let's get into the episode. So to describe a little bit of what Euphoria is, it is a show brought by HBO about a couple of teens and it's kind of like a coming of age story as they grapple with issues such as relationships, drug abuse, abortions, really honestly like tough topics, as well as teens just not knowing how to identify themselves or define themselves. Mm -hmm. Well, I guess we can just put it out there. Spoiler alert. (laughs) We're telling everyone to go watch the show. You can find it on HBO. I think it's actually been their most aired or most um, binged show since Game of Thrones. Yeah, I think a lot of people are especially binging it because Zendaya recently won her Emmy for her performance as lead actress in it. Yes. I saw this tweet from, I think it was SZA, who was saying that she wanted to, she was like, if you think that Zendaya winning an Emmy is going to make me finally watch Euphoria, you're 100% correct. (laughs) Which was me. So I just watched it this week. I didn't watch it until quarantine. And honestly, I ran out of shows, started my... (laughs) Free trial for HBO. I know. And I, I watched it during That's when I trial. got to binge it. HBO's shows are just top quality. But I think the craziest story to me was that the guy who plays Dr. Mark Sloan in Grey's Anatomy was on Euphoria. Oh, Eric Dane. Oh, yes. The fact that Eric Dane is in it was, was it for me. Because I was just so shocked. I didn't know that Isn't he was that in it. Isn't that like a TikTok thing? Oh, yeah. That's it for me. Because yeah. <laughs> I was just so shocked. I didn't know that he was in Euphoria, and I haven't seen him since Grey's Anatomy, and now he looks so old. And then the fact that he plays a kind of pedophile of sorts in the show, and especially has this kink for transgender people, was really shocking to me. I think mean, there was just so much shock value. And then the fact that he's then related to Jacob Elordi's character, and then... Zendaya's character is quite distant from the entire story, but I think her narration and slight affiliation with all of them just brings it together. But I think the that was the shock, the most shocking part was the pedophilia. I think. Really. Yeah. 
I, I see what you're saying in that all the stories are connected. And that way it reminds me of 13 Reasons Why. Mm. When you're looking at a friend group and from an outside perspective, or let's say you were a parent or someone who worked at the school, I feel like you wouldn't see how everyone's connected. Yeah. But then once you learn more about their stories, you understand how everyone is struggling through their own thing and somehow like someone's involved in one part or another part. Mm. But I think that also goes to show like you could live in the same small town and have no idea what's going on. Yeah, yeah. Well, I think all of the really popular, especially HBO shows, are really popular because the nature of production is that it's always a slow unraveling of these stories to show how they're connected. Like, Big Little Lies is like that, too. Thinking Euphoria, the allure is the shock value. Just how yeah. crazy everything is. Well, I think it's not even just how crazy, but, like, how transparent things are and the fact that they're all happening at one school. Like, mm-hmm. I even remember 13 Reasons Why. If you start watching, I think, like, the second or third season, you start to feel like a little unreal yeah along the same notion as pretty little liars like i'm sorry there aren't teenagers running around like murdering people yeah or being detectives or getting kidnapped and stuff like that all the time and so at that point you know that it's just drama and it's unbelievable whereas euphoria i feel like there's a little bit of that but somehow it still seems really Mm. real to me is that why you think it's so popular like each character that is portrayed in the show I think someone can identify with at least one part mm-hmm. of one of the characters. Or they want to be like one of the characters. Or, yeah. Yeah. I was just wondering why it's so good because for me, I usually never like watching shows that have such explicit content because it makes me feel dark inside. Mm-hmm. But I feel like this show, I just kept wanting to watch it. So in a New York Times article called Euphoria Review, HBO raises the stakes on teenage transgression sex and drugs and more sex and drugs but also some dark humor and tender romance and complicated ensemble drama by mike hale and it was published on june 14th 2019 and one interesting point that i thought they brought up was that the writer of the show sam levinson wanted to make sure that he really showed the grit and not glamorous side of being a teenager and figuring out who they are in a way that hadn't been done before. So it's not like this over-dramatized, like Pretty Little Liars when like Shane Mitchell's character was coming out, like stuff like oh, that. Yeah. But one thing that he brought up was that this whole concept of nudity, it was something that had never been seen on TV before of so much male genitalia. And right. that was like the huge shock value for a lot of people because there's that yeah. locker room scene mm-hmm. where Jacob Elordi's character is sitting there trying to avoid yeah yeah like looking at everyone and it's just that it's so explicit yeah and it's interesting because this new york times article brings up the fact that it almost like makes up for the fact for all of the like female nudity in the show Mm -hmm. as well so it's kind of like an equivalent balance which i feel like in any other show like when i think about other high school shows that may have been more radical for that time like even glee at the time that it came out i feel like you never really saw like an openly lesbian relationship where it was both femme characters Mm -hmm. but even that like i mean they didn't really have any nudity on the show at all it was pretty conservative in that aspect but in other shows i know like you definitely see more of like female nudity versus male yeah and it's just not so openly seen in media in general so that was really interesting to see and i think definitely shocking to a lot of americans because i think nudity on media is already like so bizarre here i know i'm surprised that i like i wonder what the regulations are on air and nudity i think i guess you just have to advertise it as like 18 plus a lot of euphoria trends are really popular on tiktok so i i would think that a lot of high schoolers are watching it but what was that stat that you found yesterday about their viewership it's actually not true so one of the statistics was that 
two-thirds of the viewers of Euphoria were from the age range of 18 to 34. But I think what you're saying in the context of you seeing it on TikTok, TikTok, I think that may also be a product of quarantine. Mm, because that's true. so many shows, I think, became popularized as well just because of different yeah. sound bites. Yeah. There's a quote from Zendaya that says, it's very important to us that the only teenagers watching it are 18 and older with parental guidance if you're any younger than that. Because I think she's very aware of the fact that her following is a lot of people who know her from Disney, but I think also that in itself is interesting because I think the people that know her from Disney are over 18 now. Levinson, the creator of the show, actually really wanted Zendaya to be on the cast and apparently had her on his vision board mm -hmm. and thought of it as like, oh, it would almost be like a Miley Cyrus like escape from the Disney character. Yeah. If that makes sense. And I think that may also be another reason is that she had such a dark role and in the past, she's only played these really, really light roles. And I think it just goes to show like the extent of her talent as an actress as well. She was really good. For those who don't know, she was the youngest, youngest drama actress winner. I think another thing is it brings up a lot of topics that may not be openly talked about in school and a lot of topics that I honestly like it does seem like a really mature show like I think half yeah. of these topics I would not have thought about as a high school student maybe that was just because I was naive and unaware which is very true well I think that's the only thing that was to me odd about the show is that I think they like do you think people actually do things like this in high school I think only a certain subset of like very explicit people do yeah I mean, that's us speaking from our own experiences, where I feel that's like true. we both came from pretty sheltered backgrounds, especially yeah. when we were younger. Topics like, oh, like drug abuse and stuff, it definitely happens in high school students. Mm. And I'm sure, like, everything else does too. Maybe that's what the show is trying to do, to expose that these things do happen. Yeah, I guess it's true. One thing that I found was interesting is that they're really, really comfortable with all of their with the fluidity of all of their sexualities and it's never something that's questioned or seen as controversial which i think in shows like glee or pretty little liars sexuality was seen as something very controversial and questioning it and coming into that as a part of one's identity was a big part of the narrative but i think euphoria really normalized it yeah because i think even the fact that they had hunter shaper's character who's transgender in real life and in the show was really interesting because i think a lot of shows like Duke, my best friend who you don't know, he always says that he doesn't like how a lot of gay characters in media, it's basically their whole personality is the fact that they're gay. Yeah. And they don't have any other traits or character development, but in Euphoria, almost all of them are queer to some extent or questioning it and it, they have much more substance to their personality. It's not just that they're seen as this token gay character. Yeah. I think you're so right in that in the show, like the things that they couldn't control were not their identity. A lot of topics that it brings up, I feel like are commonly receive a lot of judgment, but I mm. think these characters almost warm up those really harsh topics. Yeah, and they treat them normally, it was normalized. It's very normalized. Okay, so what do you think about the cinematography? I think that's also something that's very unique in Euphoria. Yes, because it was so well done. Yeah. Like, I don't know if you remember the scene where Rue was like spinning. Yeah, so for those who don't know, there's this scene where in Euphoria where the whole room is spinning and it's supposed to emulate the experience of being on the drugs that Rue was on at the time. And the way that they did it is they basically glued everything to the floor and they had a large machine spinning. 
And then the people themselves were also positioned in a way that they would be able to hold on even as it was spinning. That was crazy. The cinematography was similar to Glee in this way in that when there's two people coming at each other, it's not like it'll shift from one camera to another angle. It's that they'll spin it really fast. I was just about to say that. I think the show, the way it's filmed is so dynamic and so like rushed and then you have like blurry moments and really clear moments. Mm -hmm. And I almost feel like it's a way to show the frantic nature and how yeah. things are moving so fast as a teenager that it's almost like things are always going on all the time and we're always rushing around and my mind is full of like all these ideas that it never stands still. Like even when you're seeing someone in the hallway, it's just such a big deal. You know? Yeah, yeah. I think that it was definitely a team effort to be able to put together this whole production, which I think is why people praise it and it's critically acclaimed. Okay, shall we move to the fashion and beauty of Euphoria? All right, let's move through the transition of analyzing each character and their fashion. Should we start with Jacob Elordi? I'm curious to know your thoughts because I think he was the, the least poignant fashion-wise. But maybe it was purposeful because they wanted to show how insecure he was with his own masculinity to the point that he minimized any kind of fashion statements because he would see it as too flamboyant. So Jacob Elordi's character is Nate Jacob. Exactly. The way he dressed is any guy in high school who doesn't know how to dress. <laughs> they all kind of follow the same sort of recipe. Sweatshirt, jeans, yeah. track pants, especially if they're an athlete. I think you're right in the sense that he still hasn't figured out his identity. And honestly, I feel like for a lot of guys, they haven't figured it out in high school yet. They, mm. had to, they have to go and live like the rest of their life to figure out what is their identity? How do they want to portray themselves outwardly to the world? Yeah. As for how his character is portrayed, I think it's hyper-masculine. Like he has- a, Very stereotypical. Yes, very stereotypical American athlete mm -hmm. in high school. Yeah. Who would be quote unquote the popular guy. Same energy as, what's his name, Karofsky in Glee. Yes, but I think Karofsky didn't have as many internal issues. Like, it was only ah, yes. him being gay that he really outwardly portrayed as the issue, and that's why he was so aggressive. Mm -hmm. Whereas I think Jacob Elordi's character... It's resentment towards his father. Exactly. It eats at him. Exactly. Okay, also, I'm reading this New York Times article called Enthralled by Euphoria, Hunter Schaefer Knows Why. It's because of her. It's interesting. It says Schaefer plays Jules, and it compares her to Sailor Moon. I think they do have very similar oh. vibes. She's very anime character, woo-woo, cute, and I think the fact that she's also white and conventionally pretty according to American beauty standards plays into her character a lot. Well, yeah, because I think partially she looks like a child. You know? Yeah. She's like super slim, long, longer hair. It's like very flouncy. She wears very girly outfits. Oh, it says, so in quotes, after she landed the role, Sam Levinson, the creator, worked with her to fill out Jules' experiences transitioning. Next to Alexa Demi's character, Maddie Perez. She's Queen. so beautiful. Oh. So for anyone who doesn't know, you've watched some interviews with Alexa Demi on Vogue or whatever it may be about Euphoria. She actually helped develop all of the makeup for her character and... The makeup, I think, has become one of the iconic things that people recognize from the show Euphoria. Yeah. I remember when the show first came out, so many people wanted to recreate. I think at that time it would have been for Halloween because it is very bright, it's very fun, it's very girly, eye-catching, and then I think her style almost exactly matched the makeup. Yeah. There's a cut article named 
The best part of Euphoria is Maddie's Match Sets by Sarah Spelling that was published on July 29th, 2019. And the article talks about how when they were creating her wardrobe for the character, they wanted her to be notoriously known for wearing matching sets. So you see a lot yeah. of IMGia, which was already a popular brand beforehand, but I feel like we talked about this earlier, it definitely became mainstream as it was seen on the show. Yeah. And so many of the sets were either recreated or I just saw it everywhere on social media. Yeah, especially the scene where she's wearing the the purple set. And then that tick yeah, that At the carnival. Yeah, that TikTok audio went viral where she says, I know I shouldn't be here right now because I'm dressed like a hooker and none of you like me, but I just wanted to say congratulations. <laughs> <laughs> All of her outfits are very much defining her figure mm -hmm. and defining her as a woman. I really like her face. It's very calming to look at. <laughs> I think it's because she has kind of like a baby face because her cheeks are kind of large. And then like her lips are really big. And so she just looks really cute. And her eyes are really big too. Mm -hmm. And so I think it's very Mona Lisa-esque, and that's why there are all these memes that Alexa Demi has existed since the beginning of time. I don't know where these memes are, but okay. <laughs> <laughs> so in this, in this The Cut article, they say, first it was pageants, and then she quit pageants, and she realized how much she liked doing nothing, except being the recipient of the male gaze. And I think that really plays into what you said about all of these outfits that she has that really define her figure. She likes being the recipient of the male gaze. She really likes receiving attention. I read some analysis that it's to compensate for the fact that she has a dad who's an alcoholic who's not present in her life. Mm -hmm. So she wants the male attention from other people and I think she seeks it through her own fashion and also she finds it as something that she can control in a life where her family life wasn't something that she could control. So when she can control how she's perceived by being so provocative, then I think it gives her more power and she feels more secure about it. That's so interesting because I feel like that almost could be applied to all of the characters. In Hunter Shaker Sense, it almost gives her power as well because yeah. it's so girly and she knows what she's going to get because she's going to specifically get that attention. Well, I think that's why I like fashion so much because you can use it as a means of power. I mean, that's why I wanted to name this podcast Statement Peace because I think statement pieces are always what gives people confidence and makes them feel powerful and i think alexa demi sees the things that she wears as purposefully provocative well i think it's also like a lot of people honestly wouldn't wear that to high school but yeah. she has so much confidence yeah that she will do whatever she wants to i think that's why that tiktok audio went viral because the scene where she's walking up to the chili booth is so iconic because she starts like this <laughs> and no one ever claps that way unless they're really angry and then she just charges to the front of this family and just does her thing <laughs> all right on to the next character rue bennett who was played by zendaya i think her fashion is really interesting because it's so muted and she always wears plain not provocative clothing i think this is the first time we've like disagreed on the podcast <laughs> Well, I don't know, it wasn't anything like surprising to me. I mean, I guess because like, I would wear stuff that she wears if I'm just rolling out of bed and it was just like there. I mean, I, would, I wouldn't wear it tropical, ever. 
<laughs> I never wear tropical button down. That reminds me of a lot of guys in Instagram no. bios would be the theme is always tropical. tropical. So I could never just for the reason that I don't ever want to affiliate with being fratty. <laughs> Yeah. So I guess like Zendaya's hair is usually pretty messy, and her her style is pretty masculine in the show. Rue's character is seems almost careless because they try to emphasize how much the drug abuse impacts people, and I think one of the things that is let go of first is your appearance. I agree with you in that if we saw someone walking down the street wearing the clothes that Rue's character is wearing, I would never think like, oh, that's a statement piece. Yeah. Oh, you really thought about this outfit today, something like that. It seems all very comfortable. She's able to go from place to place, and sometimes it is hyper-masculine, like when she's wearing either suspenders and pants, or like carpenter pants, like dickies or something of that sort. Or she's wearing like a work shirt with like a little name tag on it or these really long shorts that are belted. They all seem very menswear inspired. Do you think that they emphasize fatigue and the negative aspects that she goes through with her drug abuse in order to dissuade people from taking part in drug abuse? Cause I was almost thinking that it might have the teen mom effect where when Teen Mom was aired, teen pregnancies had a dip. I do think it did portray like the really bad parts of drug abuse when she had her UTI and was struggling through that and her own depression and also and withdrawal symptoms. However, I do think a lot of it was also glorified. I think that was part of the controversy of Euphoria. Whenever yeah. you were going to talk about drugs or things like in 13 Reasons Why there's a lot of sensitive topics, it's always a question of if you're glorifying it or dissuading people from engaging it. Okay, the last character we're going to do is Cassie. Cassie Howard, who is played by Sydney Sweeney. Now, I think her style are all things that have been done before. Yeah, but I think it's purposefully so because I think they wanted someone who is very American girl. It's kind of interesting because I think her and Maddie, because I think both of them are somewhat scared of engaging in actual intimacy and Cassie kind of seeks the male gaze as validation and Maddie's character kind of takes on the male gaze as a power play but also for validation. The thing is I think Maddie actively seeks it whereas Cassie has been receiving it since she was a young child. Like they even oh, show the yeah. scene of when she's a young girl and they're always like you're so pretty oh, yeah. blah, blah blah like you're like a doll type of thing. And so I think she has almost kind of always heard that, that it's become a part of her. But her style is overly feminine, like definitely defines her figure. I was think they include a lot of trendy items that I've seen on influencers or YouTubers in the past couple of years. It's interesting because her makeup looks like what you were saying are very American. Yeah. Like there's nothing that's kind of out there, which I think fit her character because I think she almost isn't trying to be out there. Yeah. Why do you think Cassie and Maddie are friends? I think they bond a lot over their intimacy issues. But I don't think that's the only reason why they're friends, because that other girl is like a part of their friend group and Kat. But but she's not as close to those two, I think. Like another one of the viral Euphoria audios on TikTok is when she's like, bleep, you're my soulmate. Well I think it's because they both know they're like two very attractive girls in their high school or in the popular group. That's true, that's true. And know how to kind of conduct themselves and take control of the situation if they need to. Mm. Okay, so the last character that we're going to talk about, we're not including the entire cast, 
but more so I feel like the main characters who are known for their fashion or beauty on the show is Kat Hernandez, who's played by Barbie Ferreira. Well, I think initially, I mean, obviously she's the character whose fashion changes the most throughout the show. Mm -hmm. Because I think she really tries to uncover her own sexuality and explore it. And I think as that happens, her fashion begins to change and she becomes much more provocative. I think it's interesting because unlike the rest of the characters in the show, I think her romantic partners are people that she demeans very frequently. And it, and I think it makes her feel very powerful. And so she almost wants to own that further by dressing very provocatively. So she starts wearing a lot of leather, chokers, chains, metal, and things like that. And it contrasts uh, greatly to the fashion, her fashion at the beginning of the show. But I think she also shows a great example for someone who isn't super skinny and wearing all those things. Yeah, yeah. And I think that was something that was really unique to Euphoria because I have never seen that shown on TV. Where like a character is really like kind of coming into their own by emphasizing their features. Yeah, that's true. Which I think was really cool to see. And like usually I feel like you see as a makeover, it's becoming like if you think of really older, like older TV shows or movies, like Princess Diaries, for example, <laughs> right? It's becoming what the epitome of beauty was seen at the time. Whereas yeah. for her, her makeover is becoming more of herself or coming into this style where she feels more in control. Yeah. I also feel like it's a style that isn't portrayed on TV that much. Like, I feel like provocative or girly, like you see... Well, it's sort of goth. Yeah, it is. My main question is, do they have a dress code at this high school? <laughs> <laughs> I guess that's true. Well, at my high school, there wasn't really a dress code. I mean, obviously, I think if you came to school wearing, like, I am GSS, then they would be... They might be dress coded. It's also it's California. Like people wear crop tops and shorts all the time. Can't relate. <laughs> Anywho, what do you think the lasting influence is of Euphoria on the fashion industry and style in general? The lasting impact of Euphoria on fashion, I don't think it'll have too much of an impact on fashion per se, but I think on makeup, people are more inclined to take part in rave culture makeup because I think then they're like, oh, I'm doing the euphoria look today. And suddenly there's a mainstream tone to being very eccentric with makeup. And then I think in terms of pop culture, euphoria will impact it because things like drug abuse and sexuality are more normalized. And I think especially younger viewers who grow up watching shows like that, because we have like a core group of shows that you can remember growing up with, right? And I think euphoria is going to be one of those for the generation below us. And so then they'll grow up thinking, oh, in media, sexuality doesn't have to be, drug abuse doesn't necessarily have to be a big dramatic thing either. And so I think, especially for them, it'll be very formative in pop culture. Yeah, no, definitely. I think it also opens the doors for more shows where they're explicitly showing things. It's not just talking about it, I feel mm -hmm. like. Like I think about that with 13 Reasons Why, like why, watching it was just so shocking was because it was really showing it and I feel like Euphoria does the same. As for fashion, I'm excited to see the other seasons because I really just think it's it's not a lasting impression, it's more so trend setting. Yeah. And if you think about other shows in the past, like Gossip Girl was kind of like that mm. in its day and age. It, it, it's going to really, when people look back on this show, you're going to be like, yes, that was the style at this time. Mm. 
But also, I think it'll be good in showing the variety of styles at this point in time. Because yeah. I feel like even when shows like Gossip Girl are out there, there honestly weren't that many styles that were so openly accepted. And I feel like those definitely changed today. All right. Well, this was a really interesting discussion. It was. I love talking about the show. What would you rate it out of five? It's a five for me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think mine would be 4.8. Only because it's so dark. I really don't, I don't like watching dark things. I only like watching rom-coms because it makes me feel happy inside. But when I watch dark things, it makes me think that there's darkness in the world and it makes me feel sad. There is darkness in the world. I know, but isn't TV supposed to be an escape from that? But I feel like that's what it's no longer becoming, is that we're not going to pretend like the world is like this glorified um. place anymore. But I feel like you're a light, sunny soul. <laughs> Once me and Catherine went on a road trip and she played Taylor Swift, Ariana Grande. Who else did you play? You can't expose me that I listened to Taylor Swift. I listened to it on the walk here. <laughs> I feel like that's like openly accepted nowadays. But Catherine really is a ray of sunshine. You are very, very positive. So I feel like it makes sense why you wouldn't want to keep on watching shows where it only shows the negative parts of people's lives. And I feel like at the end of the show, it doesn't really show, like the one problem is it doesn't show that they've solved it or figured it out in any way. Yeah. But I think that's also the reality of life yeah. is that you still live with these things. It's also a cliffhanger. Yeah. Great show. Cinematography is great. Obviously very, very well produced. Amazing cast. I'm interested to see if they bring on new characters in season two. Yeah. All right. Well, that's all, everyone.